Are you downsizing? Maybe need more room because of additions to the family, or possibly seeking that dream home you've always wanted. Well, Tim Eisner at Royal LePage Atlantic is the guy for you. With a proven track record and multiple awards, Tim goes above and beyond to find out your needs and exactly what you're looking for. So if you're seeking a new home or trying to sell your current one, contact Tim at 902-499-5717 or check him out on Facebook at Tim Eisner. Again, that's 902-499-5717. Trust me, when all is said and done, we'll be saying Tim Eisner strikes again. Hey, what is going on? Hope everyone had a fantastic weekend. Welcome to episode 101 of Outside the Shoot. I'm your host, Randy Frame. This week's OTC Player of the Week comes to us from the Impact Gold 2K9 national team as Macy Bryant takes home the weekly honors. Macy went 6-0 last weekend at the Colorado 4th July tournament, throwing 34 and a third innings with 60 strikeouts and only two earned runs. That's just ridiculous, Macy. Awesome job and best of luck the rest of the season. On to this week's guest, and we sat down and chatted with ISC and Softball New Zealand Hall of Famer, one of the greats in our game, Patrick Shannon. Patty has had a spectacular career to date as he's won four ISC World titles, two WBSC titles, been named to 10 ISC All World teams, as well as previously mentioned, inducted into both the ISC and Softball New Zealand Hall of Fames. We're going to talk to Patty about getting a start in the game down in New Zealand, his very well-known batting stance and how that all came about, his time on the ISC circuit, what it was like winning two WBSC titles on home soil, and much, much more. Patty was an absolute pleasure to chat with, and both Hopi and myself are excited to see him back in the ISC this summer, playing with the Niagara Stompers out of Ontario. Hopefully you can uh, grab an 11th all-world team in their selection there, Patty. Best of luck, pal. So as usual, grab that drink, sit back, relax, because here we go. I've got the world in my palm, lights, camera, action, it's on. I can't describe what I'm feeling, ain't never felt this freedom. I've got the world in my palm, lights, camera, action, it's on. Ain't never felt this freedom. Could you, could you say that anything goes Hey. Hi. Hi. <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah. How you been? Good, man. Excellent. You, you get your haircut, I see. I did. Had Hopefully to do something. Some pitching stats. Change something up here. Uh, sick and tired of getting home runs hit off me every Gotcha. Every gotcha. Game, but, uh, gotcha. Oh, uh, well. Yeah. That's what it is. Still yeah. having fun playing. That's the main, main thing. That's the main thing, Randy. <laughs> That's how I'm looking at it now. <laughs> yeah. 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 Actually, the funny thing, I, I was looking back. We haven't done a podcast together since... Uh, when we recorded Hilly and Lollies, Lollies, which yeah, was our last episode that we released. Holy shit. Which we recorded the first of June. So it's been over a month. It's been over a month. Yeah. God, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I know. I mean, I've seen you a thousand times, but yeah. we just haven't yeah. done any podcasts. True. Yeah. True. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Mark Smith today. Absolutely. On his Hall of Fame induction as in the coaches category uh, in the WBSC. Mm-hmm. Hall of Fame. Congratulations, Smitty. That's huge news. Unreal. Huge Maritimer, Nova Scotia guy. Nova Scotia. Yeah, fantastic. Congratulations. 
Yeah. After uh, after a bronze medal at the Olympics last year, uh, good way yeah. to good oh, way to cap absolutely. it off. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I had the luxury of playing with Smitty a long time ago and, and playing against him a lot. And he's a true leader. That oh. guy was a machine, man. Throw bullets. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, Jeff Razor and I last week or the week prior, last week, uh, Jeff sent me a video of Smitty pitching in, I think it was 1984, 1985. He was pitching for like an all-star Can-Am something all-star thing. Down in New Zealand. Yeah, against New Zealand. Yep. And we were just looking at his drop ball and how, in fact, it absolutely, when mm-hmm. they say drop off the table, it fell I off know. the fucking table. <laughs> like unbelievable. I don't yeah. even, still don't know how that went like that. And like, I it's think crazy. What, Weren't they using two feet in the rubber back then? As well, um, geez, I'm, a, I'm trying to remember. I know they were wearing hats at the plate instead of helmets. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. yeah, that's wild. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, Smitty was actually out with Brian, uh, with Brody last week working on some yep. matching stuff. Yep. Yeah. So I was fantastic. talking to Jeff about it. Smitty's still giving back. He's a great guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Fantastic. Uh, Maritime League, we had a uh, big yep. weekend last weekend in Charlottetown. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, I, I couldn't make it, but... Uh, Boys had a good weekend. Yeah, it was good. Uh, I mean, again, good to get out and play in different venues. Of course, it's always the best to get to PEI. Mm, yeah. uh, PEI, they, they they ran a good tournament. It was fantastic. Hooder was great. Uh, got to see some older guys. Jamie McDonald was there and mm. Waddy and oh, nice. Bish. And God, there was a lot of them there that we just got to chat with. They didn't yeah. play. Chris Craig yeah. did play, though. It was pretty cool. Yeah, it's good yeah, to see Craig well. back. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, our team actually... Um, it's funny we had a conversation about this with uh, with Jeff because Jeff coaches the Canada Games team, of course, and he said that uh, it's very apparent that we're starting to become more of a senior team with getting more at bats because mm. we're hitting pitchers' mistakes. Right. Where in the past they might you know slide that one on the outside half out by us type yep. thing where yep. we're actually hitting the ball. Yeah, I think we scored forty five runs in the five games. Man, so the guys are really hitting the ball. It's good to see. Yeah, it was fantastic. It was yeah. good, and they all brought their families for the most part. Yeah, saw and, that. Uh, so it was kind of a family atmosphere. Which, kind of creating the culture of the Mastodons. Exactly and, what we want. Yeah. yeah no, it was sure. really good. Yeah, it was very good to get away. For sure. And uh, we got the uh, Tide Fest coming up, not this weekend, weekend after, which is the Graham Eisner Memorial Tournament that we're putting on. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We uh, have Shuby, Brookfield, Halifax, Halifax Canada Games team, and the McMackey fast pitch team. Yes. Yeah. So uh, there's going to be some great action there here in yeah. Lance. And yeah. And uh, I'm really excited to uh, to get that going because I'm as I well. Mean, I mean, uh, Tide Fest to me, I told you before, is yeah. like Christmas to me. I yeah. just, I absolutely love Tide it's Fest. Fun. You know, everybody comes home for it, and well, it's come home week, I guess. <laughs> it's what they call it. But um, they they put on a great show for us at at the Tide Fest. The actual, uh, not the tournament. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm speaking of the actual festivities. Yep. And for us to add in the the ball side of it. We're a very huge ball-minded community, and they are supporting us through Tide Fest mm-hmm. for this tournament. And yeah, we're very excited about running the whole the whole program. Yeah, and being Graham Myers, uh, sorry, Graham Eisner Memorial Tournament. Graham was, of course, a, a a big part or pillar of of our community as far as fast, fast pitch went, mm-hmm. and still goes. And uh, his daughter Joanne is going to throw out the first pitch, nice. which is nice. And his uh, his wife and uh, daughter Joanne are going to hand out the uh, the trophy in the end. So that's awesome. Yeah, we're very excited about it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this is our first year doing it. Yep. Of course, we're looking at making this an annual event. Yep. And hopefully, uh, you know, it, it gets bigger and as the years go on. For and, sure. For sure. And that's the thing. We'll just keep trying to grow the game. It's our goal. No, you know what? Maybe someday it becomes an ISE qualifier. Who knows? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We don't know. Yeah. We don't know. I certainly would like that to happen. And we, uh, we got another uh, Kiwi coming on today. My goodness. Yes. Yeah. Patty yeah. Shannon. Not a bad one. Big name in the game. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. I. Uh, it's funny. One thing, you know, doing my research for Patty, one thing I come across, and I want to ask him about his batting stance. Yeah. That wide open batting stance. Yeah. I want to know, you know, 
when did that, when did he or, adapt that? Or did he mock it from someone perhaps? I don't yeah, know. We'll have to ask that question. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, that's something, and you know, he's a huge part of the game, New Zealand hall yeah. of famer, ISC hall of famer. So now he's on with the, uh, the coaching staff with, yeah. uh, with New Zealand. And yep. of course they're hosting WBSCs here in end of November. And, uh, you know, we'll get, uh, Hear the ins and outs of uh, Patty's career. Absolutely, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, so looking forward uh, to it. Let's, why don't we get to it? Okay, sounds right. good. Yo. All right, here we go, Patty. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, awesome! Thanks. I'm uh, happy to be a part of it. How's things going up in Ontario today? Oh no, not too bad, actually. Uh, had a few games last night. Got the uh, the other Kiwi boys that I called over here to uh, get some swings in because we actually had last week off and we got this weekend off as well. So oh, wow. right a little on. bit of free time. Yeah, right that's on. nice. Well, I got I, I got to get this out of the way. The fact you're in Ontario right now may be a shock to a, a lot of our listeners. <laughs> what's going? We thought you were in retirement. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was actually. That's what I thought too. Um, <laughs> yeah, I finished up in uh, 2013 in, in New Zealand after the, the World Series, the ISFs, and then, uh, yeah, that's it. I had chose to take time and walk away from the sport, and then um, a few years passed, and uh, I got a phone call saying I was getting inducted to the ISD Hall of Fame, which was, you know, awesome, out of the yeah. blue and stuff, so I thought, oh, well, that was, that's a nice phone call to receive, and so then that kind of started the wheels rolling of me getting organized to come over, and then um, the team that I'm with now, they actually through Larry Lynch, who's one of my very close friends, probably best softball friend that I have overseas, um, said that the team would be happy to bring me over. And I said, oh, no, I don't need to. I was actually happy to come over and, and, and come for the induction, except on my own. But then they really were keen to bring me over and let me help their team a little bit. So I agreed to it. But one condition was, can you play a little bit? I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I already kind of said yes. So I thought, oh, well, I suppose I have to go through with it. So um <laughs> You know, come over and played the ISC for them, and then and a tournament or two before that actually went quite well, which was a nice surprise for myself. And then um, from there, yeah, kind of got drawn back into the web of softball again. <laughs> Fantastic! That's awesome. It's a nice that's, web. That's awesome. <laughs> actually, I got a funny story. One of our uh, our players here with the with the Mastodons, he he plays with the Waterdown Hammer up there. And uh, oh, yeah, yeah. he came back there a couple of weeks ago after uh, he was, I forget. ISC point, qualifier. I think yeah. it was the qualifier up there and he, he was playing against you guys. And uh, yeah, yeah. apparently he, he, after his first at bat, he come back to the dugout and said to the guys, uh, uh, who the hell is the catcher? He won't <laughs> shut the hell up. Like, <laughs> and they were like, uh, that's Patty Shannon. He's like, huh? Uh, ISC hall of famer. Patrick Shannon, and he's like, "Oh, yeah. <laughs> <So> <laughs> he's a young guy." <laughs> yeah, probably didn't like. Oh, I don't know who this guy is. All he does is talk a lot and bet money. That's probably, what, that's probably what he got from it. Oh god, yeah, I had a good laugh over that. That uh, oh, that that cracked me up. So, do you do you talk a lot behind the plate? I mean, I I, I heard stories that you did. Oh yeah, no, I'm quite uh, quite chatty. You know, I like to. Kind of just get immersed in the game that I'm playing, just like anything else. I do a lot of people say that I'm a I'm a good talker. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's a compliment or 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 not, but um, you know I, I kind of just get a feel for the game, and it's helpful. Like when I used to play full time all the time, that you you know everyone that you're playing against. So it was just mm. another weekend. You catch up. Absolutely. You go to war against each other, and then yeah, because if you you got to make the most and enjoy anything that you're doing. Geez, and you come all this way from New Zealand to play soccer, you're not just gonna 
stay in your shell and you know and not get immersed in it and stuff it's yeah that's a great right. attitude actually yeah yeah for sure yeah for sure now i feel like uh i feel like we have so much to cover in this episode so i mean let's go right back to the beginning uh tell us about getting your start in the game down in new zealand patty oh geez um like normal i had a my family played softball my uncle well, both my uncles on my mother's side, they played for, uh, they played softball representative. And one of my uncles, Mike Forsyth, he actually played for New Zealand himself as a catcher in the 76 World Series. Wow. Which they won in a three-way tie year. So, and then from there, he started coaching and he coached a lot of the provincial teams and the big club teams. And then from there, obviously, me and my brother and our other cousins and nephews, we all got kind of pulled into the old softball family sport. And then mm-hmm. from there, yeah, it was just kind of in your blood, you kind of, you're not sure if it chose you or you chose it, but if it just becomes part of your life with your family, then like other sports and other and other codes, it's it just becomes part of what you do, and then yeah, that's it. You're in it. Love it. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm guessing becoming a catcher, you know, was due to the fact that your brother Heine was was a pitcher. Yeah, and because he didn't want to catch, <laughs> <laughs> and someone had to, so then I got stuck with it. I didn't plan. Yeah, I don't know. Catching is a hard one. It's not like you choose to be a catcher. No, that's the last. Everyone wants to be a pitcher or a shortstop, you know. Yeah. And then, uh, so I, all I did, we just threw together. So I just became the catcher, his catcher, and then we played in teams together. So I was always a catcher. So then, in the end, I was before I knew it, I, I was a catcher. So and then. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to leave it because I kind of got comfortable doing it. So it's one of those, make the most of it or else, you know, yeah, why not? It's if I could be good at it and own it. And I didn't expect the, how far you go, but yeah, since we played it so much and involved, you just, it just becomes who you are, you know? And, and now I, I can't play any other position anyway, let alone at this age, play anything else too. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, really. Now, of course, like you got, you and Heine are twins, correct? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, it's funny. There's been a, a couple, you know, brother pitching, catching combos like the O'Briens, oh, of course. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, it seems like there's always that chemistry. Did you guys have that chemistry right off the get go? Oh yeah, yeah. We're actually identical twins, and he's actually a minute older. So you know, we our chemistry stems from who's arguing the most with each other. So, <laughs> you know, it's it's the honesty that gets it, which does help. A lot of people used to think there was a is that a plus or like a secret weapon? It kind of, not like the secret weapon is it a funny way or candid way of saying it, but yeah, it is. If you're comfortable with each other and you trust what we're doing, yeah, you know, you just, you know how we feeling and you know how we're rolling and you know what's working and like me being the catch, I know what's working and I never ask them how he's feeling. It's just like there's a rule if you're a catcher. You, every time you ask a pitcher how he's feeling, he could have been given up 10 home runs. He's always going to say, Oh, no, I'm good. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. So, so that was the first thing I stopped doing probably very young, just take control. And as long as he trusts you, just like pitchers as well, like for being a catcher, you want them to want to throw to you too, which is a hard thing to yeah. to teach. And But being brothers, yeah, we were stuck with each other, so we just had to make it work because we weren't going to do anything else. Yeah, oh, That's awesome. Any good uh, any good disagreement stories? Because I know the, the O'Briens got in a fight with each other on the mound one night. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, there's plenty of when he's definitely not going to throw a pitch and I want it. And then it's, I keep calling the same one. You call timeout and he says, yes, when you walk out, comes back and he still throws the pitch. And it's fucked up. <laughs> yeah. I, when I lose the game. Yeah. And it's not like we don't talk to each other, but what do you do? The next game we still have to go throw against each other. So it's, yeah, no, it's like it's, it's, disagreements don't get personal. 
but they get nasty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Quite laughable. So, yeah. yeah, for sure. So what was, uh, I mean, growing up, what was the landscape of ball like down in, uh, down in New Zealand when you were growing up? Oh no. Yeah. It was probably, it was quite strong when you were younger in the, the eighties, et cetera, eighties and early nineties. When we start to get, you know, into the age groups and the young team, um, age group teams and rep teams, it was like the, it was the, uh, the emergence of the Steve Jacksons, the Chub Tangaroas, Eddie Kalassi, a young Mark Sorensen's kind of dictated and, and, and uh, was the uh, the superstars or the rock stars of New Zealand softball back then, mm-hmm. you know. So that was – in Auckland, we had a lot of them, the Dean Rice, you know, the De- young Dion Nukunuku. So we had a lot of kind of like, uh, what would you say, um, mentors or like right. uh, sports heroes that we could follow and wanted to do the way they did because they were successful with the club teams they were successful for the new zealand team so it was quite an easy pathway to say what they did was right so yeah. that means it was the way to do it and yeah that was yeah it was everywhere it was, you know we everywhere we looked it was the every game we played that seemed like we were watching you know like rock stars and international players everywhere That's doing fantastic. their things yeah, so, That's yeah fantastic. E- easy to be a fan from all the club it was similar to like how over here playing in the ISCs and, and all the big tournaments, that's what it was like watching in New Zealand, which is it's hard to manufacture if you just don't have the kind of the characters of the game, which was more back then, especially it's not so friendly. There was real rivalries and mm. grown men playing ball, man. It was, it, was, it was fun to watch. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, it, back in the back in the heyday of ball, I mean, it was yeah. it was cutthroat. It really was. I mean. Oh, God, yeah, it was. <laughs> It was it was real life stuff too. It was, it was, yeah. That's what made it so exciting. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Now, around what age uh, was it when you started thinking, you know, quite serious about the game? Can you remember? Well, probably ninety one, ninety two, because that was um, for our age group. That was our under nineteen World Series it was about to be named in ninety three, and that's when uh, me and Heine were being, you know, successful Auckland teams, and we started winning some national championships. Like anything, you get that gradual persona of who's who and, and and the next guys coming up and that was probably when it did take it serious but then that was the first time that i didn't even make a team which was oh yeah tiny my brother made the juniors and i couldn't me and donnie Howe couldn't even make the team wow so, holy god yeah that was when ob's they came over that's tiny played my brother and there was obviously yeah gus Bridges and a few other guys they played against but yeah me and donnie were the ones that had to sit there and and brad rona didn't even get just there were the three of the like standouts in my generation that we couldn't even cut. Wow, <laughs> that's insane. <laughs> yeah, that's insane yeah. to think about. Actually, wow. Yeah. So, but no one ever knows it because the year after, we started making them jump straight to the men's team, and I toured with the first New Zealand men's team in '95, which was the mm. next time tour. So it's like you don't cut your teeth in the juniors. It's kind of like well, you don't stop playing, just keep moving, and then yeah, it's. It, Hopefully it does happen if you do put the right work in and then fortunately it does. And then you just got to make sure you hold on to it. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yep. Now, before we jump into your ISE career, I got to, I got to ask about your batting stance because you know, it's, it's world renowned in, in, in our game for sure. How did you develop that stance? Well, yeah, apart from being laughed at when I started it, um, <laughs> in the early nineties, yeah, probably going into the juniors, that was the last, 93 was the last year I actually stayed like what's it called? probably textbook, you know, the straight on the normal textbook batting style. Mm-hmm. But my biggest thing was I always stepped away in the bucket, no matter what. So I could hit anything inside, which is fine, but throw outside because I started playing open men's premier softball from 91, 92 onwards with the Steve Jackson early and Chubb Tangaro and Eddie Kalassi. So I was like the, the young guy on the squad. 
So I could hit anyone that threw inside, but as soon as they threw outside, no chance. Just completely keep missing. So it was probably Eddie was the one to say, I've got to think of moving my feet open up a little bit to make me step to the ball. And then so that's where it all started. And then the more I opened it, the more powerful I got because uh, it was a little bit of a tongue-in-cheek comment. Say, well, Mark Sorensen is a catcher, so unless you're going to hit the ball over the park, if you're going to hit singles, no one's going to ever see you. Uh, <laughs> right. Everyone can catch, hit it. You know, people will notice big hitters first, and if you catch, it's a bonus. But you know, Mark Sorensen being Mark Sorensen, I was like, oh well. And if you're going to do something, I just don't want to half do it. So the more I gradually opened my stance up, and then in my first year in the states was 1994. I come and played in Iowa for a season, and then um, it just gradually morphed from there because over here you come into like ISC and travel league ball straight away. Mm. Pitches are just on you all the time and singles don't really cut it. And if you're not making a dent, so the more I opened up, the, the harder I started to swing, et cetera. And then kind of morphed into the laughable stance that you, <laughs> you know and love today kind of thing. Yeah. So you yeah. find it easier to get to like with that open stance, you find it easier to get to the outside pitch? Yeah, because actually I stand so close to the plate anyway. So when I come round on the ball, Okay. My bat's covering the outside, but that's in part of that. That's probably one of the reasons that I actually get hit. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you must so have got much. pinned quite a bit. Oh, oh, a lot. Oh, I've got the record for it, literally. The most of all time and stuff, just because oh, right. of where I stand. <laughs> Which is, it's a bonus. It's an on-base percentage, I suppose. Absolutely. Absolutely. Still on base in the newspaper. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. Man. Because, yeah. I mean, as a, you know, as a pitcher, you know, looking at a, a guy with such an open stance in my head, I'm like, we'll throw outside on him. I mean, he's got such an open stance. Why wouldn't you yeah. try and keep it away from him? But yeah. yeah sure. But like you said, stepping into the ball, you can cover the whole plate. Yeah. And it's just with my stance, I start early in my movement. So I'll kind of use momentum to get to there. And then I'm a, I'm a pretty much an all or nothing swing. So, you know, I, I can't check swing very well, which is so I'm either swinging. I've only got two gears, you know, go and work. That's it. No, <laughs> maybe a little a look and work account. Oh, no, there's none of that. I, yeah. I, that's why I'll never teach any kids to do. I like it's funny. We do clinics when I was with the socks and I'm one of the coaches on the coaching staff now. I, I stay away from all the hitting because what can I teach them? Because it's quite bad habits, but the theory is right, but you don't tell people to stand, you know, adjacent to the pitcher and just drive right. in and try to swing as hard as you can. It's just, you know, each to their own. But yeah, exactly. There's good points and bad points like anything, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's not like it's taken off. It's, I'm still <laughs> the only one. Yeah, true <laughs> enough. That's right. Well, in yeah. fact, I was watching, uh, I don't know if it was the Simcoe tournament with Hill or what it was, but there was, a, there is a player that I thought maybe for circle tap that stands the same. He's totally, Left foot, right foot, and then approaches the plate. I can't remember who the guy's name was, but I just watched it. It was this year, in fact. And I thought he was friggin' the Kiwi, actually. It was it was probably Patty. <laughs> I don't think yeah. it was. Yeah, because we were at Simcoe, because Sukatek wasn't, so it probably would have been me. Well, oh, Jesus, maybe it was. <laughs> I thought the guy had long hair, though, for some reason. Yeah. Oh, oh no, that can't be me. Okay. Okay, uh, maybe. Anyway, Patty, uh, let's, uh, let's jump to your ISC career to date, because, of course, it's still going. Uh, how did the jump over the States take place? Um, in 2001, when I first you know, started coming over full time, that was uh, I missed out on the New Zealand men's team in 2000, which was a bit of a downer. And then, um, so I thought I wanted to change. And then my brother actually was playing over here 
or county concrete back then. That's what it was called. And then, mm. uh, so I was kind of like, oh, well, I'm not really fussed. But he says, oh, he told the sponsors, oh, I've got a, my brother catches me. This is kind of that weak story that a pitcher always tells a coach a response. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, and the coach goes, oh, great. One of those ones. <laughs> yeah. he, he vouched for me to say, no, no, he's actually, he's not bad and this and that. So then that was pretty much the choice. And then they got a hold of me and I was like, oh, I wasn't actually interested. I said, oh, no, no, I'm not fussed. And then uh, they highly convinced me to come over for the last five weeks of the season. That was, you know, which was long enough to get in there. And I said, okay, fine. I, I don't mind. I'll, I'll take a, a one-time five-week softball holiday. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't think anything more of it. And then from there, yeah, I came over and first off, they didn't get over my batting stance. So they thought that was just a terrible joke. <laughs> was, the, the, the first game I came into, I was standing ready to go and then the pitcher wouldn't go. And the umpire was still going, uh, when you're ready? I says, oh, I'm ready. I'm going now. They go, but you're not ready. I says, oh, no. it, was like a, it was like a 30 second debate. I'm like, no, 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 go pitch. And they said, well, they can't. And I was like, oh, no. And then slowly it got known that that's how I stand. And, you know, because no one had seen it before. Right, right. right. Really couldn't, you know, it's like, why is he doing it? So, and then uh, um, good fortune happened that. I actually, I went quite well, you know, maybe because I didn't see me in the pitches, didn't know how to throw. I just looked funny and then, yeah, just hit, you know, ran into a few balls that, you know, hit a few guys pretty well. And then from there, they wanted me to come back. And, you know, it's one of those, you plan to go for one week or five weeks. And then it looks like, you know, 13, 14 years later, you're still doing it. Yeah. So, wow. That's awesome. That's yeah. crazy. Man. Do you remember what that uh, first impression was of, you know, the U.S. lifestyle? Because, I mean, we've heard stories from other guests on here, you know, they went over to the U.S. to uh, play for the summer and it's a little bit of a adjustment for them. Oh, no, yeah, it was. It was a bit of a, not like a, a shock, but a real wake up to, um, for me, it was like it shows how small coming from New Zealand is compared to going to the States, you know, how everything is bigger in the States and the lifestyle is just so... Uh, it's like consumer friendly, you know, it's easy to be a fan of something and yeah. they do everything, they do everything big and they, and they're not shy to put a lot of effort into it. even the smallest tournament to the middle of nowhere is like the biggest tournament you can think of just the way they run it and they look after each other and, and they have a lot of followers, you know, every, every softball town has a, a loyal following. So it was not like you're playing in the middle of nowhere in front of nobody. It was like, yeah. wow, it was, yeah, it was, it's a, uh, it showed how much they love the sport, you know, which yeah. was a big thing. Softball was easy to to play in, like in say Auckland, New Zealand, and the normal cities. And then, but when you come to small town America, is where softball thrives or thrived as well back then as well. It's like it's it's as big as you want to make it. Yeah, that's you right. Know? And 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 they love it just as much as anything else. So you know, it was it was the biggest thing. Like it made me want to love the sport more, right. and made me come back because I thought, oh, I'm just going to come over one time and. You know, that was my thing. You know, I, mm-hmm. I wasn't worried about where I was going, but to come back here, I, I enjoyed coming and playing here, feeling how they love the sport so much. Made me want to keep doing it here and hoping it would lead into coming back to New Zealand and feeling the same way then too. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. Right on. Yeah. Now that uh, that first ISC World Tournament in 2001 down in Eau Claire, uh, yeah. you know, nothing like coming to do your first one and grabbing an all-world selection, but <laughs> oh. uh, <laughs> what, do you, what do you recall about that first one? Oh, no, the first one, there was... Talking about eye opening, yeah, because I hadn't been to a World Series, you know, I hadn't been to anything like that. Fortunately, I've, I've toured with the New Zealand men's team a few times, you know, for the off season tours and stuff. But see how everyone talks about how the ISC is the show of, of fast pitch softball and it, and lived up to the hype, especially Eau Claire, probably mm. 
my top three places to play on the, on the planet because it's a beautiful diamond. Wisconsin is a love the cheese curds and alcohol is cheap. So, yeah, yeah is it ever? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, isn't it? So, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and then we're playing in our first game because we were lowly ranked. We're playing the defending champ of the Cater Pride, which is Darren Zach and oh, I can't remember that one, Michael White, I think. And wasn't playing that one. <laughs> not we not no too bad pitchers, what? <laughs> yeah, too bad. Which I knew who they were, but I don't think he wasn't pitching against us. Mm. And then, but we we upset and beat them. And we and our team and, and the Wisconsin people were jumping up and down like we'd won the whole thing. I was like, oh, my God, that was the, the first biggest uh, fond memory of my first ISC. Wow, just, that's cool. How you knock over defending champs and no-name team and just – and it was just the whole crowd, just the whole 5,000 people watching. Just It was, it was felt like a rock star. Yeah. And then from here, we had a bit of a good momentum run and then we finished top eight and then, yeah, like – Kept swinging the bat, and then yeah, I didn't even know that they had an all-world thing because we played, and it was awesome, you know. And I, mm-hmm. I never even thought I was coming back, you know. It was just like it was. I was happy just to give everything I wanted while I was there, enjoy it. And then I was sitting there, and I was having drinks, and I was talking to someone, and they tapped me on the shoulder, and from you got to go on the field. I go, oh no, what have I done now? And they were saying, oh, an all-world selection. So I just ran out, not knowing what it was really. And then the guys are yelling at me, and as soon as I come back in after getting the all-world, that was it. I was like. I was like Elvis. I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> now they all know who I am. <laughs> so that, oh, that guy with the open open bat stance yeah. is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, Can they, he yeah, sing, think, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, probably later that night I was probably. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit, I bet. <laughs> oh, shit. That's awesome. No, so the uh, let's jump to the uh, 2005 season. You'd uh, capture your first of four ISC World titles against the firm. Again in Eau Claire, uh, how special was that first one? Oh man, it's it's because uh, we were a part of the like the probably one of the strongest, arguably one of the strongest teams ever assembled. Which is no disrespect to the, the, the teams before us and the decades of the Pink Cores and the Cars and the Great Gators, but like for our era or generation, you know, it was, there's a lot of Kiwis put in that team. It was kind of like a super team, which is it was nice, but then you become loved and hated for the the reason of being that kind of team like, yeah. to win the first one and that was my first ring of any that was oh sorry that was my first ISC ring it was like man it, it's hard to believe that yet every team and sponsor because it was the first for the whole the whole like the whole setup sponsors and, right. and the team and a lot of the Kiwis so it's and, and every team and sponsor dreams of doing it and he'd been in the game 20 years before that and to be have a chance to actually be in a position to say you might and to actually pull it off. Oh man, it was, it's one of those when you, when you win it. And then a few of us Kiwis and, and we tell each other, as soon as we got to the point where it was close and then we started getting right to the outs and then we started telling her, don't forget what this feels like, especially two outs right to the end. And then, you know, and we were in the bat and we we're down by three and, and then we pulled it off. And that was one of those, you want that time to, you want that one minute to last. Yeah will be frozen and then yeah it was just like but the biggest thing is you see how much the sponsors and, and they're grateful of, of, of what we do for them but mm-hmm. then and and repayment as well that they're happy that they you know they not make the right choice but you put the effort in to show that why it's all worth it that's why any sport and any team and that's what every isc team and sponsor chases yeah. so it's it's nothing you, you you can win one you can win 10 but to get your first is always special because it's always someone's first like yeah 10 mm-hmm. that's right five, six, seven, or three or four, but you, you play for your, I always pick out the guys who never won at first 
and play for their one because you know what your first felt like? Right. Like boring eyes out of them. And it's one of those guys, funny guys will, they don't cry at a wedding, they don't cry at the first birth of a child, but they'll cry when they win a play. Yeah. Like, championship. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it's, it's for guys, it's not like you don't tell it to the wife. But no, Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> God, no. We may edit that part out in case anyone was listening. Yeah, good. Yeah, good. Edit that one. Edit that one. So, uh, oh, yeah, no, that's, yeah, dreams come true. And then it's, you don't worry about, then it, it takes you, and then you're allowed to take a day off, you know, because you've right. got a lot of training and hard work. And so you, the next day off, that's one of those times that you can just finally relax. Mm. There's, there's no stress of it and enjoy it. And then, <laughs> then comes a week later. Guess what? We've got to go do it all over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the whole build-up goes on. But that's, that's the responsibility best. of yeah, being in a position that you can go for it or you want to try it. Because once you start going for it, it's up to you to keep going for it. Like sponsors, once they put their foot in the water and they get the taste of it, they can't go back. Yeah, can't not try. Mm. So, but yeah, love it. That had to be quite an atmosphere, you know, especially playing against the farm in Wisconsin. Two Wisconsin oh, yeah. teams. Oh, yeah, it was Wisconsin teams, and there was a, there was a Kiwi and two on, in the farm team as well, and it was a kind of strong rivalry and stuff. And oh, yeah, it was it was a like not a love hate, but a real strong respect. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah what bring? There was no like beef between us. It was like if you got your best, we'll bring our best. We'll see how it goes. Right, you know, and right. and um, but yeah, but Wisconsin, like saying being in Eau Claire too, because it was quite proud for them because they like to be every place likes to be the hotbed of softball kind of thing. Yes. But when you have both finalists in Wisconsin holding, you know, holding the final and one of the teams going to win, they go, well, it's kind of, kind of, it's, it's like good verification of saying that, that, you know, the softball is strong in this and it makes the travel league strong. And that's kind of like why players want to come to that area. And, and mm-hmm. it's just a big, like a roll on effect to keep it going. So yeah, no, it was no, of course you'd, uh, Play another few seasons in Wisconsin, win win another world title the following year. What uh, what are some of the memorable moments that stick out to you from your time there? The cheese, he said. Oh, the cheese, yeah. <laughs> the cheese and the dollar twenty five beers yeah. and the beers, yeah. Come on, Randy. Yeah, I'll eat it. It will eat it that week. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the the probably the big fun moment, obviously winning your first because it's like you never know you get it, but but to to the first of my um, back to backs. That was hard because every team you win it, and then it's like the target's on your back, and right. we didn't change much. You might have got uh, picked up one or two different players, and, and it's like you got to run it back. And you think winning your first one's hard, and they say it's so hard to get your first one, but to repeat it, and there's a few teams that obviously repeat it, they'd probably notice it. It's twice as hard to do it because they expect they expect someone to knock you off because right. there's always someone coming. Yeah, you know, so you got to be twice as ready to prove it again that we're not just, you know, we're not the best. You try to be undisputed, which is, you know, and that's, and that's the responsibility of being that team, you know, and, and that was the biggest, it was a lot more relief the second one, even though it was lucky with he was a easier win, not, not saying the team was easy, but we had an easier, more luck, you know, the scoreboard dictated that we, we, we little bit of ran away with it a little bit, but because the right. last one was a real fight, mm-hmm. but the relief of doing it again is, and that's, Great in a sense, but the, the sad part about that is that when Tim Sonntag and the Sontag family chose to say that, that, that they're, they're done now, they, they proved it and they put a stamp on it and they said that's all that was the end of them. So mm-hmm. it was nice to go out with them, but it's a sad as well. But it's like verification because you know, you got to the one thing I do is you respect the sponsors, every sponsor puts a lot of time and resources into it for no real payback, right? So if they lose it, they can go out, you respect that. And 
just like any sponsor, when you win or, or you lose it, they're still choosing to do it. So you can't, yeah. you can't take them for granted and stuff. So you thank them and do that. So it's the only thing you can do is to repay them back. And so that was a nice thing for the 06. It was a nice saying thank you to them because they said it at the end, but no, there was no hard feelings. Yes, we would have liked to keep going. They said we could have. If we stuck together, could we have gone through? But when sometimes enough's enough and when you're proven it, because it takes a lot mm. to keep going, especially he'd already put 20 years prior. So he actually, he was taking the final big swing at it at the end of his tenure as, as a sponsor. So yeah. Was, yeah, so that was, it was, that was, a, it was a nice, because it was nice to close a chapter on a team right. in a good way, because so many times it always ends, someone ends bad or angry, which is, it's nice that it, you know, you can go out on a good note because in saying that sometimes like County, which is, you know, the, the, the softball, you know, it was nice to know that the last time we played the County was the last time they proved that they were still, you know, at the top of the mountain. Right, so right, it's right. a nice way to, it's a nice way to keep remembering it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Now you, you talked a lot about the, you know, sponsors of the team and you know, how much they put into it. I just thought of this, uh, you know, what they bring over, you know, four or five Kiwis, few Aussies like, like this is different teams what uh you know f- for the summer what you know in between weekends what are you guys doing in be- like in between weekends um generally we usually try and play like a travel league you know like last night we played a double hitter every Tuesday to, to keep our swings in you know because usually if it's we're playing each weekend it's usually you have Monday you're coming back you're kind of resting up so Tuesday Wednesday Thursdays it's usually we're playing a game you always get into a league or you're basically joining a gym or we're doing training if you've got if you're lucky to have a few in the same team in the same house or the setup where you are yeah. you got to go do a training because say the bigger the teams or the players it's your responsibility to always be ready to play yeah your best. there's no excuses mm. we come all the way over the aussies rgs kiwis you can't not be ready come the weekend because that's when we you know we're there that's our whole sole purpose so. yeah that's why you're there yeah that's why they're there. so they're usually a smart thing and it's, and it's it's quite inbred in all of them. Everyone knows the responsibility you're coming over. So by right, you don't just sleep it away and, and live in a bar during the week because you get found out. And that's where it comes. What's like players, some players come and go, you know, by their own default, yeah. but the ones who stick in and, and last, because like sponsors is a big thing. I'm, I, I always think of it because there's no games without the sponsors. No, right. You know, for the, for the top level. Yes, you can do the, 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 the local guys, which is great, but the sponsors, when they really want to go for it, you're always going to have a little bit of a, uh, international flavor board in, no matter what right. they mostly look and then so for them if you don't treat them right you know that you don't expect to get a free handout and but they see value in just being ready to go and always you know and always in shape to do it they yeah. don't guarantee a win in that but that's good value that's all you can ask for you know you, and if you can't value yourself as a person saying yes to get flown over and they looking after you well you better that's how the only way you can repay them back is always being ready Right. Without even saying, are you playing well or you're you're, you're the hottest hitter or you play? At least you can. That's the least you can do. So, mm. well, it's your profession while you're over here. Yeah, for all of you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? You way. don't come all this way to just get a suntan. <laughs> yeah, and drink dollar twenty five yeah. beers. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. Well, you can. <laughs> I mean, you can have a couple. <laughs> just yeah, one or twenty. That's it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, Patty, you'd, you'd make the jump over to the Kitchener River Shark Twins, where uh, you'd win two more world titles. Talk about your time with them, because I mean, you guys had some really good teams there. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, it was. 
it was one of those when um, County finished and then I spent one year with the um, Gremlins, Broken Bay Gremlins under Doc Simmons. And then that kind of, it, it panned out good, but it wasn't like it was not stuck together, but it wasn't a real permanent landing spot. But like everyone, it stayed in, he stayed in for a little bit. But for me, I just kind of got an, not an offer, but I got an opportunity to step away from playing with any other Kiwi. That was the big thing because it was nice to play with County and, and with the, with the Grimms. It's like, you can go with another bunch of Kiwis and not hide behind each other, but you just use each other to get right. where you need to go. And mm-hmm. and it's a, a safe way to stay on top kind of thing. And then I thought, no, I'm going to make the choice. And I had an opportunity to, to, to walk away. And then um, it was a big kind of a, a, a blend of two teams. And there was a lot of moving parts with prawn system and stuff. And then they, they thought I was one of the missing pieces. So they, they in all fairness, they weren't really excited about them bringing me in because they had to get rid of a lot of their best close teammates for the porn rules and a lot of Canadians. It was all Canadians, one American and just me. Wow. So I wasn't really, it wasn't, there was no red carpet rolled out at the start. I had to earn their trust, expect, you know, because they thought I was still a Kiwi playing with them, you know, and they're mm. thinking I was, you know, I was, and then that's, that's like anything. I, I knew that because I had a lot of rivalries with like Jody Ida and Ryan Walker for the Canadian and New Zealand thing. And we went at each other and, and it's not like we, there was no, it was no secret that we weren't fans of each other. But yeah. after we started playing together, and and I, you go through the the, the the feeling out process, and I proved that I was one of them. It was it was the best software move I ever made. They're like I love playing with the Kiwis in County, but I still say now, like meeting Larry Lynch and, and and a lot of lifelong friends, it was the best thing I did in softball. Going playing with the Canadian guys, it was, you know, it's a different way of playing, but it was like they, they saw how loyal. I was to them, which opened their eyes to what the other Kiwis looked like. Because for a while, the Kiwis were quite looked upon as standoffish and and like money grabbers and just there to win and, and not make friends. But then they found out we just we go to war on the field, but mm-hmm. off the field we're just we're just big softies. Yeah, we just love to, love to be part of it. And then me being part of them and the Canadian boys took me in, Todd Martin and Wolfie and Hawk and all the coaches. And then, yeah, that was the best thing. And it was nice because we didn't start off great as a team because there was a lot of guys that they thought were past it and, and, and they're trying too hard and then we the chemistry is what got us through those, those two three years is that we, how we started getting really well and and then for me closest friends okay, yeah. and they'll yeah. take it back so and you don't never pick it like that because I thought oh no I'll see how it goes but after that oh man best yeah. thing I ever did yeah because I mean in 2008 you guys beat uh, you, you guys beat Dino in Saskatoon yeah. was it yeah 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 and Kimberly. Yeah, and then Dino joined you guys in in two thousand nine. Yeah, and it was his own his only ever world title he got, which was nice. It was one of those play for the first, as a, and he was a great friend. Yeah. In two thousand one, in my very first year, he was actually the pitcher for our county country team. Oh, oh, that's out. right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then he shot off to the farm. You know, he kind of made his own path and became a big time, you know, a big time sought after player and did that. But it took him, and it was funny because we come back together. We always were close, and he says, "Oh, waited." I've waited 10, 15 years to catch you beat. And then we win it together and it was, yeah, you see a big a big guy like that start blubbering and crying after he wins one. It still shows it's why you... Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's so oh, freaking yeah. awesome. Yeah. I know. Oh, yeah. Well, I had to laugh when, when we had him on here that he, he thanked uh, Marty, Todd Martin, for uh, faking the injury so he could get into the game and finish her off. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> he still says that. Yeah. Because... Yeah. Todd would never, he never wanted to come off. Oh, God, no. no. Oh, God, no. He had to pull him off. It was like, man, Dino just, it was a final. It was like, for him to have his 
his have his crack as his day, you know. We were, and we it was a real tight game against the strong Patsy's team, mm. yeah. but it was part of the chemistry side. We bring him in, and then yeah, it was it was a good full payback of you know putting a good bunch of guys together and just really loving what we did because we were kind of on the older side of it. So yeah. we were we were too old to run around and chase the fast game. We just hated losing more than they did. Yeah, and we just you know yeah we just, yeah we just went old school and beat them the old fashioned way, which is a straight up. We're not hiding from anyone and just try to just muscle them out. And Dino was a great addition because he was a, probably one of the most strongest players around, you know, yeah. with the bat and the ball and his demeanor and everything. So he and he kept those even, but he's the, probably one of the funniest guys in softball. He, uh, yeah. His, yeah. His jokes are so bad, they're laughable. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Actually, the funny thing is, when I was looking at that 2009 ISC, like, uh, you know, usually when a team wins the ISC Worlds, there's a pitcher on the all-world team. But it's not there that year, yeah. which Dino got an MVP, but he didn't. He wasn't as a yeah. all-world pitcher, which kind of struck me kind of funny. But the funny thing is, you look at the team you beat in the finals, and they had Cheese and Adam. Like <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it was one. Of, yeah, it was. They went in on the high road basically because they were the. They were the next big thing to really, you know, yeah. look like they should win it. You know, it was like we were playing and we knew that we weren't, wa- not worried, but we weren't worried about how it looks. We just went to play. If our best was good enough, then we'll have it, you know, yep, but right. we weren't, we weren't going to let in just because they're the new kids on the block and, and they're the big, the young, you know, the big powerhouse. So, and then, but yeah, to beat them, it was, it's one of those, it's not overlooked, but there's a lot of teams forget that the River Sharks, we were there for, you know, three to five years, and we, we made three IC finals. But yeah. sometimes they say, "Oh, we not lucky," but they didn't realize we actually had to beat the Cheese and Falkai combo, which <laughs> yeah. never was a, never was together again. It was yeah. that. That's right. They were just too busy booked to take it. So, no, uh, it was a good time. That was for sure. It was a great one. That one. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. Love that. Now, we before we jump over to the national team, uh, of course, we got to talk about your 2019 ISC Hall of Fame induction. Uh, just how special was it to get word that you'd be going in? Oh yeah, no, it's it was surprising, eh? Because you know, yeah, like I played and you know and, and had good success, but you don't think that it's it warrants being you know like recognised by the whole board and the, and the and the people who look after the history of the game. Mm. So it's, you, you, you you always hope that you you make an impact, but yeah, to put actually like a bit of a fingerprint on how you played, you know, like shape not shape, but like put uh, added value to the game overall, and you know to go down and like in the history book name with other great players, these are something that I never thought I would do because I, I didn't play to chase numbers. And I, I played to chase went ring, you know, and regardless how it was done, I didn't have to be the best hitter. I didn't have to be the best anything. I just wanted to be the best teammate. Really. Yeah, right. that if I could get the other guys playing and, and sometimes that works like the chemistry, but to be actually named and do it, it was, it was, it was quite, I was taken back because, you know, there's big, big names. You know, mm-hmm. in there, you know, and then I played with big names. That was half the reason I was lucky enough to be on some success with them. It was not because I was the big name. I've had, I got, I played with far superior players alongside me, which made it easy to just join in. And and I had a few big moments, but they only got them the moments because the players that I was playing with made them possible to be in those positions. But to be named, oh no, I was a little speechless, you know, because it, hum- it humbled you a little bit because I'm a little, like outspoken kind of person, but actually when you're, you're, you're being placed that quite high up in the sport itself, well, you know, 
you never really know what to say. Right. A big thank you. And grateful that they actually you kind of just being remembered that you were here for for a time that you were a part of it. They mm-hmm. actually recognized that you were you you were seen as one of the players that, you know, that people took notice and they liked and they enjoyed you being part of it. Right. Right. Now when they enter like when they do your player announcements for at bats for ISCs now, do they say ISC Hall of Famer? <laughs> no, because no, half the people don't remember. <laughs> half the players don't know. You know, you know, you know. No, no. Actually, I, it's a bit of a like it's a bit of a family reunion for the last few weeks. I've been coming back, and a few of the people and some of the umpires that are still playing are happy to see me back. But it's like a, ten years has gone like quickly. Yeah. It seems. Because people have whole career within ten years, you know. And yeah, exactly. Like, how how great is that, though? I mean, to you know, to go back and you know rekindle memories. Oh no, it's, it's geez, like I'm forty seven. I for anyone to play a sport like come over here to actually be brought back again, and I'm fortunate that I was in a position that made it able for me to still be part of a team as a player, you know, and mm-hmm. contribute and, and, and stuff. And but you never think that you're getting a, a, a do over, but. The, the, the fun the best part of it this time is I've got no pressure to it's nice that they they see me and sometimes people talk to me as I would they talked to me 10 years ago and I'm not saying I'm I can't be the same player but I'm not but now I'm playing with the freedom that I've got nothing to prove I'm just right. trying to help other people get on their way you know especially for the younger three kids that are bought in this team myself too because if everyone needs a hand to mm-hmm. get their start and I got help along my way so but they're coming back here and playing with the freedom to, of course I want to come out and still show that I can still be one of the top players, yep. but it's, it's, it's making the team, the guys around you better too, because I'm help building a new team and, and between everyone buying me too many beers and, and they're not cheap in Canada, you know, <laughs> no, <they're not. laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's great to have a second chance to come over and there's not, you know, hardly this ever happened. Come over this time and do it a decade later to come back and set foot. And people still remember you. That was nice, especially it's all the older people that are nice from memory, but it's great to see people that you never thought you'd see again. Because sometimes yeah. you have to leave a lot behind when you're, when you're a Kiwi playing over here. Sometimes you say goodbye to the, your closest friends when you play, but you hard, it's hard to say you'll ever see them again. So I'm actually I'm fortunate to just have another time just to let people tell me how great I was. I need expensive drinks. Oh, that's awesome. That's so awesome. Uh, let's jump to your time with the national team uh, and your time with the Black Sox. Uh, what was that feeling like the first time you donned that uniform back in 1995? Because, I mean, that that had to be quite a special feeling. Oh, no, yeah. It is like for like the national team, that was even before I was worrying about overseas and IC. It's one of those, say, like you play rugby for the New Zealand, like the All Blacks, it's to be even right. name to be put in it's a lot of like every national team for every country has a lot of history and legacy that goes with it mm. and so it was one of those you get named and, you, and you're really just hoping that you're, you're able to, to to keep the whole uphold the, the quality and the level of what the team stands for that was a big thing it's just like national teams it's a, it's a lot of pride it's different to coming over and playing in the states when it's like your team sponsors and it's a it's a job and same with the national team but it's a lot more pulls on the heartstrings a lot more and you know mm. and then your family knows and because like say softball it's funny that we're more we can come over here and say i'm a hall of fame ic but and go back home and they wouldn't know what ic is they just knew that i played for new zealand but they wouldn't even know that different side over here so you get two sides of the 
of the story of that over there they know everything you do playing for New Zealand. So it's more of a, a pride, loyalty, and and uh, and what's you know it's a, a, a pull on the heartstring side of it. And you never want to let me down because the people that watch you when you play for your country is more family oriented. So right. everyone knows you personally when you play for your country. So that's when you play. That's who you basically start playing for then. So yeah. It was powerful, like everyone would say, their first time. You know, half the time you're nervous. Mm. You, you barely remember your first game, and you just try not to screw up. <laughs> and you just, you just hope you get another time and, you know, improve on it and, and hold on to it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now that for the first number of years, uh, you had to play behind Mark. I mean, what was the mindset for you? You know, early on with your time with the Black Sox. Oh, yeah, early on is. You knew Mark, he deserved, he was the benchmark, you know, and that's so it's not like I was never trying to compete against him. I just tried to have to make a dent in how I played because that's why I changed my batting style to, to I, you got to make an impact right. to hold the spot, you know, and I'm not sure I wasn't trying to be Mark. I didn't know if I was actually going to be a catcher to stay there because if it was so sewn up, you know, you would have taken, you'd do anything to be in the team. And sometimes teams have picked batters first, then they put you in the field. So, so then all I did was try to put up good numbers and show that I belonged. Right. And then I had to w- not wait, but then I hoped that I could firstly be his backup, but then push my way into being one of the hitters too. And then from there, push out the old father eventually. But you know, <laughs> at, the, at, at the start, you know, you just hope you're just good enough to be in the squad all the time. And then you just wait your chance. But for me, I had to just personally, I got not personally against it. Personally, I made sure I try to just make a dent with the bat. Mm-hmm. because I knew I could catch, but, but he had that, which is sometimes yeah. you have to just realize, yo, he, he's going to be the catch. Yeah. So don't just try to be the best backup. So I just had to make a, an impact with the bat. And, yeah, and that's basically oh. what kind of kept me there. And for a start, at least they knew what I was doing because I was the guy that stood by. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Straight away, they, they kind of knew where I was. Well, I mean, obviously, I mean, you played yourself into the DH role in, in 2004. And yep. you, you guys won the World Cup on home soil. I mean, talk about that tournament and just how special it was. Well, that, that was, yeah, that was massive. That was probably, again, one of the arguably, arguably one of the most powerful Black Sox team, you know, performance, mm. you know, and, and, and the personnel and that. And, but to do it at home too, because that was my first one, talking about the pressure of the law team playing in front of your family mm. and to show you, show them how good you were. That was it. It's like, we proved it with ourselves with all that training and, and, and our team chemistry and everything else. And and by that time, I was been coming to the state of fear, so I was playing a lot of teammates that I had overseas anyway. So it wasn't that wasn't the surprise part. It was just is your best good enough? So that you know, and put your best foot forward. And, and being at home, and it was fun because a lot of the guys we were playing together as well for for the socks were in the, in coming to the states. It's like we all really actually had a we all got hot together for one week. And to say that happens hardly, it doesn't hardly ever happen. You know, everyone yeah. was on. And so, and, and it was dominant. And then we did play a strong Canadian because they came out and, and hung five, six runs or four, five, six runs on us in the first two innings. You know, so they, they weren't going to take that. was Obi and Jody. And, and by them, they, were still, they still hated us. So it's not, <laughs> it's not like we were buying each other beers after either. Yeah. So, and, um, and to pull it out. So that was a real not solidified, but that kind of just um, guaranteed that our hard work does pay off, yep. you know, and it showed that we're worth, you know, we're worth the time putting in and it showed that we can hang before that because was, that was before I had an ISC, you know, championship. So it showed that 
if we can beat them here, that shows we're good enough to be there and we'll be close. Yeah. And say, and, and the winner for New Zealand, everyone, the family's crying, and it gives you notoriety. And then for a lot of guys too that weren't signed, it kind of leapfrogged them into getting an easy foothold to get overseas. So it was kind of a, of a bit of a two for one. If you play well for your country, basically a phone call's not far away to getting a, a chance to come over to the States and maybe get an ISC as well. Because between ISF and ISC, they're the two big dogs. And there was that old question back then is what's what what's what do you hold higher in regard? You know, and sometimes you'd be flipping say at one stage I was saying oh ISC is, is, is higher than ISF and then some years ISF is worth more than IC. Mm-hmm. So if you can be part of both of them, wow, that's literally a dream come true. And again, if you can win both of them, man, that's hardly that's something you hardly ever think you can do. But yeah. if you have the chance, you, know, you can't shy away from it. You, know? you just yeah. lose, you know, win big and lose big. Just don't half try it. You're either all in or you're all out. So. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I, I got to ask about hitting home run in the finals against Canada because I mean, you tied the game at three in the second there. That I, I imagine that's one you're not going to forget. Oh no, because Moosey he he was getting me too during the season for the last two seasons in the state, <laughs> and, and the high rise, high drop ball, and the bloody changeup. So the one time I just had to sit on the change, you know, and then yeah, it was it was one of those all or nothing. It's like it's for me doing like in the final it was one of those do it now or never right. kind of at bat. You know, you've <laughs> got to trust the plan you're going in. We face each other a lot, so it's always you know what he's going to come with. Until you hit it, he's going to keep throwing it. And then, yeah, it's, um, and then to hit a home run too, because all you're trying to do is make contact. You just don't right. see that guy that just gets struck out and, and, and forgettable in a final. You always want to make a, a, a good showing in a final. And then to, put, to hit one out too, well, yeah, it's the kind of world famous in my own head sometimes. It's like, well, it's one of those special moments because it's the first final I ever made. And then I was, fortunate at a home run in it so <laughs> not bad <laughs> yeah, well, I was really happy I don't think Moosey was <laughs> no. no probably not no. Yeah, no I don't blame him either but yeah no it's, but that's the, the that's the, the that's the, the the knife edge of you know you either the highs and the lows all in one game in one pitch yeah yeah. but I mean yeah. you did it again in 2015 in the in the finals at home of course I mean I'm guessing you like playing at home on the big stage <laughs> well yeah. Yeah, being at home, I like to be, it's like I, I try to be comfortable wherever I am, but like for finals, it's like it's always hard to say be the Sunday hitter in there. But all those, I'm not scared to, to take big out, to be a big out in the final. I'm going to, I'm either going all in or all out. So, say for if I'm getting a good swing on a pitch, I'm not there for singles. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to air it out. So, if it happens, it happens, but I just try not to miss, you know, why? Why kind of pull it back in and be more careful just because you made the final? Right, if you're on a roll. Just just keep going because it's, I'm lucky that I was lucky to hit a few home runs in a few finals because I just wasn't scared of striking out. That's basically it. Because it, it, in a final, a pitcher is supposed to be that good. Someone's got to strike out and someone's got to get the hit. So yeah. just be that guy that's not scared either. Just if you're good enough, you're good enough. Because yeah. you, in the end, it's you'd rather have the chance than never have the chance. You know, so it's awesome. Yeah, man, that's a great approach. I mean, that's a good way to look at it uh, for sure. So, I mean, what was uh, what was the atmosphere like to play in there, like in such a at such a big stage with those uh, ISFs? Oh, yeah, it's, it's like the closer you get to, like, say, if you go to a major league baseball game, it's like the major league of softball, especially yeah. here at home. 
ISC. It's just like being at the home. The, the, it's like the host team at an ISC. It's like right. packed stadium and everyone knows you. So for an ISF, you're at home. So you're playing in front of everyone in your family and everyone's family in the same team. So you're playing for a couple hundred people that know you personally, you know? So and they, all they want to do is see you do well. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those, you can't be shy. You can't shy away from it. It's the responsibility of being in that team, isn't it? If, you're, if you want to be that player or be in that team, then you've got to know what you're there for. So it's just like in ISCs and all ISCs. You got to know. You got to talk about. You're going to win a ring, and some people will say, "Oh, don't talk about it." Well, if you don't know what you're going to win, how are you going to win it? Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you yeah. don't know your ring size before the tournament, well, you're not going to ever know it because you're never going to get a ring. Are That's you? right. I you love that. Yeah. <laughs> you got to be ready for it, right? So, yeah. Yeah. It's and it's like playing at home. It's like it, you just you got to. They always want to see you win and win big. Yeah. So yeah. why not? You know, and they're not going to hate you if you fall over trying. So yeah, it's, that's how I am. I'm just, it's, it, you're better off trying as hard as you can, even if you fail, because if it does come off, you want it how you want it to win it. And that's how I, right. yeah, that's, that's how I like to do it. Why, why not? And hitting home runs is a bonus, but it just showed that you're just not scared of it. Why not? And no one will say that a bad approach because they, they, they wish sometimes you wish you could be that guy. You watch another person play and they're just, going off and smashing the ball. And they, they're the ones that go, man, I wish I was, I wish I could do it like that. Yeah. And if you just want to be that guy sometimes. And the only ones, when you're not scared and you're playing fearless and free, that's when it happens. That's how I believe it. You know, so. Yeah. Very good yeah. approach. Such a good approach. Now, of course, uh, you'll be, you'll get back in that environment again, start November 26th, as this time, part of the coaching staff with the Black Sox, Black Sox. Uh, how excited are you and the boys to to be hosting such a huge event again? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's actually it's quite exciting because it's a bit of a uh, like you think a bit of a redemption um, scenario. You know, the, mm. the the Black Sox, not unfortunately, just by the you know the the sports, the power changes, the power shifts, and the thing we, we're not at the where we'd like to be or as strong as we'd like to be. You know, we 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 drop down the the ladder a a, a, a little bit more than we'd like to, but that's just what you put in is what you get out, you know? So, and every time it always goes in waves. So we just got to get back on there. The exciting part is if we can pull it off, then the hard work is, you know, because the extra hard work we're putting in just to be close again mm-hmm. is all going to be worth it. So, and and for like me being on the coaching staff too, it's it's nice to right now be a player with some of the guys that are going to be in, in the squad that's named. And it's funny because I'm a, I'm a teammate to some of them now, but yeah. I'll be actually a coach to some of them later. But I just hope that they want, you know, you just want to make the impact that, you know, they're excited to be part of it and they're happy that I'm a part of it with them, regardless if I'm playing or coach, you know, because mm-hmm. you, you want to you want to play for your coaches, but you want to know that your coaches are backing and want you to play for them as well. So, yeah. And like this, yeah. and like young team, this is another scenario of young team, they can't be scared of it, you right. know, because if, if you're going to your shell, you're going to get the same result. You, you've got to be able to push the, the envelope a little bit and, and show them how good you are. And if it's not good enough, well, it shows how much work you've got to do. You can't hide from it because yeah. especially being at home again, nowhere to hide. Everyone wants us to do well and do better. So they have to accept it. And that's part of the coaching stuff. We're going to make them aware of soak it in. Yeah. Enjoy it because it's better to be here, having the chance to be that team to bring it back, better than not putting your best foot forward and not being part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, no one will want to be that. And 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 then 
that's the, up to the player and the players and themselves if they want to put the effort and put the best foot forward. They have a chance and a responsibility to help the legacy of the socks that was, you know, how powerful we had been in the past to help right the wrongs and bring us back close to the top of where we hope to be because that's a great part. That's a great responsibility to be part of. And then no one will, no one will be um, disappointed. And if we, if it comes off, it doesn't, if we put the best effort in and show that that's the best we got. Yeah, so, yeah. for sure. And actually I just thought of this, like the fact that you're over here playing again, you're going to get a great vantage point as far as scouting goes, as far as, you know, your competition as the guys that you guys are going to be playing against. So, I mean, like from a coaching perspective, this is very good for you guys. Oh no. Yeah, it is. It is a plus, you know, and it's not a, it's not a, it's not a secret that every team and every player and every coach and whatever, where we are, what always trying to scout and always trying to get better. So then quite rightly so. Yeah. I will be actually, I'm actually facing some of the, international pitches that will be there mm. so i will know what their how they go about their business what they want so it's all it's all information gathered you know but in the same sense they're still playing against players over here from New Zealand. so whatever yeah. they see against them i see their strengths and weaknesses and by rightly so they'll know our strength and weaknesses. Yeah. so yeah. it's not like yeah. someone's got the upper hand it's just like if we find out something they'll find out something on us as well it's like if they know what we know then it's just who can be better again that's right and that's it's not like a secret screw and sign stealing and mm. you know COVID operations. It's like no, it's up front. If I got something I beat on you, yeah, you know? sounds kind of cool. If it was COVID operations, <laughs> yeah. I know it would be cool. It's good for the technology. It'll it'll make picking signs way easier. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So how did yeah. the, how did the coaching gig come about, Patty? Um, well, after nineteen, like I walked away from the sport in thirteen, and probably a good four or five years, never even watched a game. Nothing. I just, put the family time in. I did my run and I was happy just to kind of, I was content in what I did. And then 19 came along and I got like kind of pulled back in with the, you know, back into the sport a little bit and like fit through New Zealand software. They knew that I was coming over and, and the year before in 18 or 17, I actually got inducted into the New Zealand Software Hall of Fame, which was quite nice. Which I That's right. Yes. That was out of the blue. But then, and they always try to keep tabs to see if I was interested in coming back before that. And I was like, no, I'm, you know, it's just, put so much time into when I was playing now it's time to put back in family etc but then uh, 19 onwards I I came over and then I was actually happy to start helping other players get back over here a little bit and then I took the time into getting back and seeing a few guys and, and coming around a few softball games and then you know you get the you miss it when you're here it was easy not to miss it when I didn't show up for anything and then yeah, um, a few people, you know, noticed I was coming around and then coaching scenarios came about and that start before I became the battery coach, one of the assistants, I was actually asked to be a selector, which was like a, a behind the scenes, just passively trying to, trying to, I suppose, coax me into getting back into a little bit. So mm-hmm. I agreed to do, I can help out, advise on who, who I thought would be good to look at from the New Zealand point of view and just, you know, give Brutus and the guys some tips and my opinions. And then from there, it just morphed into a, Jimmy Wano was stepping down for the battery coach, and then there was a. I kind of got duped into saying, "Oh, guess what? <laughs> You're not just a selector anymore." You know, which is our happy too. And by that time, I've already invested a time back into the sport again. So they, I got the I got the bug, like you could say. And then yep. yeah, from there, I'm, I'm I'm knee deep in it again. <laughs> That's so, awesome. Yeah. That's fantastic. That's awesome. Well, as we wind down here, a uh, little thing uh, we like to end the podcast with. Uh, we call it player association. I'm going to, I'm going to throw out some names to you. And if you have a story on them, 
let her fly or say something good about them. If you have something bad, let that fly as well. <laughs> anyway. Is this going to be innocent? Uh, oh, yeah. Well, possibly. Yeah. Anyway, uh, first one on the on the docket here is uh, Don Tricker. Oh, he's probably the most um, simply smart guy I've actually had to play under. He, he, he keeps it really simple, but sometimes he speaks on another level, but he can make you feel like you figured it out yourself. He's good like that. Yeah, he's he's so smart. He 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 acts dumb. He's great. He's great. Yeah, we had him on the podcast here, and I mean, it was like (laughs) some of the stuff he was saying. We were just like, wow. Like now we we understand why you're in the position you're in. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Next level stuff sometimes, but he doesn't he he doesn't push it on in any way. He's quite passive about how he goes about it, and then it's like, wow, he's yeah, he's he's legit. Yeah. For sure. Uh, next up is uh, Z-Man, Darren Zach. Uh, I loved catching him for a few years. And he's probably the, he was, he taught me how to just play with the freedom of not worrying about the result. And that, cause he loved it so much. So he's, he's all heart. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he is basically the, the heartbeat of Canadian softball. You know, you think of Darren Zach and there's not a bad thing you can say about what he's done for the sport. And, He's done everything he can, but yeah, he's he teaches people stuff that you don't even know he's teaching you. Mm-hmm. And you walk away, and he and, you, you, and a day later, you feel like this. I didn't know I could, I knew that because he was just putting it to you in a way that you thought, wow, it could be that simple. So you know, he's absolute legend. Right on. Uh, two more here. Next up is a friend of the podcast and the guy who helped set this interview up, uh, Billy Hillhouse. <laughs> Yeah, he so he made us put him on, by the way. <laughs> no, <laughs> mate, yeah. mate, how much did that cost you? <laughs> uh, nah, nothing. Just kidding, Billy's great. Yeah, no, nah, Billy's awesome. Yeah, I had a lot of, I played with Billy in the early 90s. He spent a, a lot of time, probably everyone would know, and back in New Zealand, Northland, he played under my uncle who played for New Zealand. And I caught him, and he's a great guy. Good. Uh, he just loved the sport, doesn't he? And he, oh, he God, likes yeah. to see yeah, and he likes to see other people do well in it too. You know, and he's always out there to be helpful to everyone, which is, and I love Billy for that. And he helped my brother. I think he helped Heine get over to the States after his junior World Series and stuff. So he's, he, he actually, he helped out more people than he actually know because he's not one to just tell you his whole CV of who he helped and who he put in the right direction yeah. and, and advice he'd give, you know. And he's another guy that just doesn't, push it on everyone because he's he's way more knowledgeable than he pulls on because you know he, he he's the biggest goofball but he's probably the smartest goofball i know and so <laughs> what a great what a great way to play it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. you guys are laughing because you go yeah, yeah that's probably right yeah, yeah. <laughs> no right. man i i got billy like oh, I, i'm in contact yeah. with him all the time and, yeah. and i mean he's set up a lot of great guests for me and, and he's continuing to do so not just on the men's side, but the, the women's side as well. Yeah. And, and I'm forever grateful for him for doing it. So like he's that guy that you can ask, do you have a number for this person? And if he doesn't, he knows someone who does. Yes. Yeah. And he, he's that guy. Yeah. yeah. He's the, he's the guy behind the guy. He, he, exactly. He's a little black book. He's like the Fonz, <laughs> the Fonz of softball. <laughs> oh, anyway, last, uh, last on the list here, of course, is uh, Brutus, Mark Sorensen. Oh, he's the benchmark. That's how I, that's how I, I'm a close friend of him. And then, you know, and it, it's hard not to admire how he paved the way for basically how his keys, you know, started coming over and showing us how it was done and, and what it took to, to be, 
it's easy to be a fan of him being a Kiwi in New Zealand, but for people to actually be a fan of him overseas, you know, to win them over and to respect how he played, yeah, his his approach and professionality when he played was, you know, unmatched for a long time for any Kiwi player. You know, so we kind of followed him a lot and stuff, and he's passed on a lot, and like now he's he's he's, he's the head coach of the Sox, and yeah, so he's always been that quiet leader, and it's always how he'd done it was the way to do it mm-hmm. for a long time. You know? And then that, that let us players after him pave our own ways and be our own, like not stars, but our own stand our own two feet in the game. Cause like myself as a pitcher, I didn't try to be Mark. I just tried to be me, but I would have never got here if it wasn't for players like him, you know, that's, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, you know, he's, and everyone knows how he was as a player and his accolades and stuff, but yeah, he's, he was quite um, instrumental in making sure New Zealand got strong. When he got strong, New Zealand got strong by helping people come over. And, and like the ISCs itself too got strong because ISCs is, is, is a great way to have an international flavor of players all playing for the one thing. Mm-hmm. You know, how else do you become teammates for one year, but you got to go play against each other in ISC yeah. for your own country? It's, it happens through ISC. So, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's powerful. That's a, uh... Great way to end the podcast, Patty. Man, I got to thank you for coming on. This has been amazing, you know, getting a chance to sit down and talk ball with you. You're a big part of the game, you know, not only in New Zealand, but uh, here in North America, across the world. So uh, I wish you all the best at uh, ISCs, of course, and, you know, can't wait to see how you do. That'll be a wait and see. <laughs> I'm sure you'll be fine. <laughs> I'll give it everything I got, and I'm I'm glad that uh, I came on this podcast. I'm glad to chat with you guys, and it's it's not often that ball players just get a chance just to talk ball you know, mm, yeah. outside of a betting. It's it's nice because I know there's a lot of people out there that don't get to the games as much as they want, but they'd love to hear anything they can about you know any softballs that they've followed and like to know because it's nice to be a fan, but it's hard to say that you actually know how they think and, and what they like to think about when they're not on the field too. So this absolutely. is a great thing that you guys are doing as well. So yeah, it's awesome. absolutely. Thanks again. Oh, thank you guys too. It was awesome. All right, Patty. We'll, uh, we'll be talking. Take care, pal. Have a great summer, Patty. Okay, then. Take care. You guys as well. I'll catch you guys later on. All right. Thank see you, man. All right, man. That was awesome. What, uh, like, uh, we say it all the time, but man, the fact that we get to sit down and talk with these legends is, is friggin awesome because that was and they appreciate it too because like you said yeah. you know you get to spread the the softball world doesn't get to see everything that these guys have seen obviously yeah. and to hear their stories off the field and on the field and yeah. how they got there I know, you know my biggest takeaway from that and i don't know if you've heard the same but the the training the getting prepared you know yeah we're going for that. If you haven't gotten your ring size. Exactly. Shit like that, man, that yeah. sticks. And that's 100%. super important. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. That was fantastic. Yeah. That was great. Um, yeah. And, you know, the f- I just like you know, hearing the side of the game, like you said, that the fans don't get to hear. And yeah. of course, we're fans of the game as well. Oh, God, yes. And the fact that, you know, we get to hear that side. So I, I love hearing that shit. So uh, Me too. Listen, I forgot to say something in the opening that I wanted to talk to you about too. Oh, this is a Jeff Frazier story. Oh, okay. So, hey, this, so Jen, Jen Frazier works for a company that they they had business that they had to go down to Milwaukee from here. So she went away for the I, I don't know how many days it was, but she went to Milwaukee, um, Wisconsin. Yeah, rented a car at the airport. Okay, of course. 
went to Milwaukee, sat in on her meetings. It was lunchtime. I think this is how the story goes. So she said, well, I can drive. I have a rental. She gets in the car and one of the people that she was driving with said, you rented a Kia? And she was like, yeah. Well, haven't you heard of the Kia boys? And she was like, no. Well, there are a bunch of kids that go around stealing Kias in Milwaukee. She said, okay, well, I'm from Namal River. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. but <laughs> <laughs> That's not what she said, but that's what Jeff said. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, they go in for lunch. They come out from lunch. They go back to the office. She parks her Kia. And apparently the, the uh, parking lot is uh, under like surveillance. So the security guards and everything there. Yeah. So anyway, the security guards shoot these guys away from walking around the parking lot. Anyway, apparently when they went back, did up their paperwork, work was over. Jen came out. The key was gone. Shut up. <laughs> had it stolen. So when she went to the police station for, <laughs> she had to report it or what have you. The cop said to her, she, she said it was a rental and the cop said, the rental company gave you a fucking Kia in Milwaukee. <laughs> so I looked at some stats in 2021. There was over 10,000 Kias stolen in Milwaukee. Why? <laughs> I don't know. And actually there's a, if you go on YouTube, you can find these guys are going around stealing them and then they just burn the shit out of them. It's nuts, man. Anyway, it has nothing to do with ball. This is the weirdest outro uh, ever. <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking about Wisconsin and I had to talk about because Jeff's so close to Oh my God. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah, boys. Oh, I can't wait to see you for each tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Anyway, aside from that, everything was great. Oh, so. man. Anyway, well, that was a great episode. Like I put on social media, we're going bi-weekly now for the rest of summer because, I mean, summer is just- <laughs> It's too busy. It's way too busy. I have busy so much on the go, man. That, uh, you know, even even for me to do the girl side of the game, it's, it's, too much it's right just now. too much right now. Yeah. And uh, You know what, Randy? It's totally fine, too. Like, I think Lolly and Hilly had mentioned how they're, they're doing it, and it's just too much to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is it's right now. It's great for you. I mean, after, of course, after we're done ball season, of after course. After July August 39th. We'll, we'll July August, yes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we'll go back to going weekly and uh yeah, you know sure. getting those guests on and of course showing the fans the uh the side of the game so yeah again another week uh everybody be safe everybody be safe have a great summer yes take even care. though we still have a lot left but uh what a weird way to end this <laughs> you're fucked okay <laughs> all right take care see you later Bye. classified Like it's show and tell Adrenaline pumping Accelerating through these late nights Addicted to the rush That keeps us up And it's the same life Red lipstick Broken wine glass Drink away the pain And blackout time lapse Do it all again Get your lights up Let them know you well known A prisoner to our cell phone That's why we call them cell phones It's funny, ain't it? Obsessed with success Flying high from sugar cane Fast food burger chain Can't break the routine Leg day Filling up on protein And poutine They say Get it done by all means By all means We all fiends Pick your crutch Living in this big world On small screens Sip your cup And play your odds Put your dollar in the slot machine Scrub it till the pot is clean Pick your poison What's your addiction, huh? It's just another Catch a dream.
dragon, that's what they say. Shopping mall surface, spending every. Are you downsizing? Maybe need more room because of additions to the family, or possibly seeking that dream home you've always wanted. Well, Tim Eisner at Royal LePage Atlantic is the guy for you. With a proven track record and multiple awards, Tim goes above and beyond to find out your needs and exactly what you're looking for. So if you're seeking a new home or trying to sell your current one, contact Tim at 902-499-5717 or check him out on Facebook at Tim Eisner. Again, that's 902-499-5717. Trust me, when all is said and done, we'll be saying Tim Eisner strikes again.